Good morning. Good job, man. All right. It is a beautiful morning to be here, and this morning I want to preach on a familiar scripture. You've probably heard me preach from this scripture before. Um, again, this scripture a few years ago uh, changed my life. It changed the total course and direction that I was on. Even though I'd been a Christian a long time, um, I was down, physically down, and had been for a while. And was just praying as the weeks went by that I was down and, and uh, couldn't get up and do much. Just prayed, you know, what the Lord wanted me to do. I'd been doing youth ministry for a bit. I've coached a little bit. And just in my life, I, you know, I was in the middle of recovering from back surgery. I didn't know how much I was going to be able to work again. I'm just like, Lord, what do you want me to do? A few months later, I go to a youth retreat with a bunch of kids. And the main scripture was not John 10.10, but the speaker referred to it a couple of times. And when I came back, I just started praying over that scripture. And it started speaking to me in ways that uh, I can't imagine and you can blame that event on me being here today, probably. So, um, but it gets me thinking when I read the scripture, anytime I read the scripture. And the reason why I'm preaching it today is I have preached it here before, but it's the lectionary scripture this morning. And I don't always preach from the church calendar, but I do read the church calendar every week. And it being in the church calendar, I'm like, that's what I'm preaching. I decided that uh, a while ago. And it really sets a course for all of us as we're on this Christian journey. When I read the scripture, it makes me really focus on what's important. Have you ever seen a kid open a really wonderful gift that somebody spent a lot of time picking out and all of a sudden they take it out of the box? And they start playing with the box. Have you ever seen that? Start using your imagination and, and, and playing with the box. You see, really, in life, the more simple we keep it, the better off we are. The simple things are really what matter. We get caught up in a world where now it seems like uh, everybody's trying to keep up with, with each other, get the best, the newest, the nicest, and... And I know you all see it as well as me. But when I think back on my life, some of the things that pop in my memories are some of the most simple things. Some of the most simple things. Don't remember a whole lot of about how much stuff cost um, after a while. I know when Rod and I got married... Um, it was a good deal for me, not so much for her, I don't think. But uh, we had, I think, $57.28 in our pocket. And we moved to Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, we paid rent. And, uh, and, the first, and, and some of those times when we were broke were my favorite times. When I looked before we got Abby, you know, I, I looked back and, and things were pretty simple then. It was me and her and a lot of milkshakes and pancakes and walks on the beach. Um, I hadn't thought about that story in a while, but we ate dinner with 
some close friends of ours, two of the guys that I don't ever remember not knowing it, and somehow it came up, and, and yeah, I think it was $57.28 we left town on. In a U-Haul. We did have a home. We had pancake mix. I left, I bulked up to 175 pounds the day I got married. And we moved to Daytona Beach in August. I didn't see my family again until Christmas. And I had uh, eaten pancakes about every day. And I, I weighed 220 pounds when I come home from Christmas. So <laughs> something was going on, right? Pancakes are cheap. <laughs> and I like them. But again, just some of the simple things. You know, thinking back, you know, just think, uh, as I go through the scripture, think about some of the things that's brought you the most joy, the most comfort. The most peace. And I'm going to start out, I'm going to read the first ten verses of the tenth chapter of John. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know his voice. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come they may have life and have it more abundantly. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this scripture, Lord. I just thank you for, uh, for everyone here this morning, everyone that's here, everyone that's listening online, Lord. I just pray as we study this lesson, Lord, that, uh, that your voice speaks to them. Lord, and they receive the message you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if y'all have noticed before. Y'all get out a little bit, I'm, I'm sure. You go to the grocery store, you go to Walmart, maybe the dollar store. Some of you spend more time than others at Walmart. But there's some unhappy people in the world. Have y'all noticed that? There are really some unhappy people in the world. I like to smile at them and speak to them and be nice. And Sometimes it makes them happy, sometimes it don't. But I tell them I love them and God loves them anyway. Because, you know, often I think that sometimes people are so unhappy because they're trying to fill a gap in their life that money can't fill, that things can't fill. The only thing that can fill that gap in their life is relationship with Jesus Christ. I really truly believe that people are searching to fill that gap with things that are not good for them. We think that, we, that money can buy anything right now. We think that money can buy happiness. We think that money can buy things that will make us happy. 
We think that money can buy things that might make us happy. If they don't make us happy, then something else will make us happy. And that's, that's the way we think right now. In reality, we're built to be pretty simple people. We're built to be pretty simple beings who should find satisfaction in some very simple things. And I think this search, I think this, this desire for people to gain more and more and more and more is why we have so, much, so many problems. Divorce, thoughts of suicide, drug dependency, alcohol abuse, criminal behavior, anything you think. It's because people are trying to fill their life, fill this gap with something that don't belong there. The thing that belongs there is Jesus Christ. Material things can never make up for that. Even before we know that we need the Lord, He's placed in us a desire to, to know Him. But again, if we keep filling this thing up with material things, we don't leave enough room for Him. And we start making some bad decisions. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it produces death. We try to fill up that gap that we have in our life with so many things that may give us some temporary satisfaction. But they get old. They wear out. And I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me too. I've got four TVs at home, there's two of us. I watch an hour of TV a week probably. Maybe two hours. During football season, maybe a little bit more. Again, we keep searching. And everything looks right. It's what everybody else is doing. And it looks like what we should be doing too. But in John 10.10, Jesus tells us, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come they may have life and have it more abundantly. What a promise. What a promise. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That part of the scripture I want to focus on just for a second because sometimes we think that we may have a bad day. Something may not go exactly like we planned. That perhaps we may have stumped our toe or we may have not gotten the exact shirt we wanted to wear tomorrow. Or it may be dirty. And we think, oh man, the devil's just trying. No, let me tell you, the devil's trying to kill you. His sole purpose is for you to make the decision, your next decision, be the one that's going to destroy your life. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, he may be trying to give you a bad day too, but ultimately he wants you to make a decision that's going to change the direction of your life. That's what he's there for. But thank God the second part of that verse tells us why Jesus came. And he came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And when I look at the word abundant... When I look at the word abundant, and I look in the dictionary, you know what it means? Does anybody know what abundant means? It means more than enough. Complete. Maximum. Overflowing. That's what Jesus has blessed us with. It's an abundance. That doesn't mean it's an abundance of material things, though. Sometimes we look for the wrong abundance. What Jesus promises us is found in Galatians Galatians 5.22. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, compassion, purity. 
Those are the things that we're blessed with. That's what we have in abundance. Again, some people use this scripture to preach the prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel. The Lord may bless you with more financially than you need to. What I'm telling you is he's going to give you enough to give you peace. He's going to give you enough to give you eternal life. He's going to give you enough that you have more than you deserve of these things that are more important than anything money can buy. Those things that I just listed, those things that Paul writes about, even though there's a dollar store every two and a half miles, I passed four of them this morning. I can't go in there and buy patience, kindness, love, faithfulness, gentleness. It's not on the shelf. Self-control. Those things are not in the dollar store. They're not in Walmart. They're not in a sporting goods place. The only way you can get them is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, I'm convinced that the reason why so many Christians are not living life to the full is because they really haven't realized what it is. Again, it's all the things that money can't buy. I want to read John 10, 10 again. It says, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You see, this tells me that God desires for us to live a joyful life. A life of peace. Friendship with each other and friendship with Him. Through Jesus, it's possible. Without Jesus, it's impossible. You see, there really is an abundant life. And that abundant life is filled with the things that I just talked about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And these things are eternal. These things, when we accept the love and and grace of Jesus Christ, they're eternal. And they're free from the things that are bad from us, are bad for us. The abundant life is free from the things that are bad from us. The selfishness, hatred, lust, unforgiveness, those things are not the abundant life. Jealousy, fear, drunkenness, discord. Bits of rage, dishonesty, greed, none of those things are a part of living the abundant life. If those are the things that we have in our lives, we need to replace it. We're filling our lives with the wrong things. Not why Jesus came. That's not the reason why Jesus came. He came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. This abundant life is possible to live. Yeah, that doesn't mean that we're immune to having bad days. It doesn't mean that we're immune by making mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're immune to some slip-ups where we're not real happy and we may be grumpy. That happens to me every now and then. Every now and then. Yeah, I forget. And when we do that, when we forget, when we mess up, all we can do is pray and ask God for forgiveness. And he can set us back on the journey to the abundant life. You see, we've been washed. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart to live for Jesus Christ. He's blessed us with the things we need to fulfill the purpose he's laid on our life. You see, 
Abundant life is found in Christ and Christ alone. It's not found anywhere else. Again, you can't go buy it. It's only found through a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, God's inviting all of us to experience this abundant life right now. The Bible says God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's what 1 Timothy 6.17 says. That's God's desire. Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul writes that, and that we are commanded to rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. Again, Jesus has come to live that life. But how do we identify the abundant life? How do, how do we know whether or not we're living it? I think the easiest way to do is first look at what it's not, and then we look at what it is. First, the abundant life is not the prosperity gospel. I'm not sitting here and telling you that if you share 14 things on Facebook and you get 15,000 comments, then you're going to be blessed with it. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you put your faith and love in Jesus Christ, you're going to be blessed with more than you need spiritually. And again, he may bless you financially too. I don't know. That's not up to me. If it was, Rhonda would be blessed more financially than she is. She married well. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that was a joke. But again, the abundant life's not necessarily a life of comfort and ease. Sometimes we've got to work for it. Sometimes we've got to think about it. Now, we don't have to work for our salvation, but sometimes to become what God wants us to be, we've got to go through some trials. Have you ever been through trials? James 1-2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. When we're going through trials, God is shaping us in who he wants us to be. He's making us strong. You can't get strong without working out. And there's certain things that we go through to make us who God wants us to be. Also, the abundant life's not dependent on outside circumstances. Just like joy, I've explained before, joy's not dependent on outside circumstances. Now, happiness is. You can't be happy and sad at the same time. You can't, you, you, you can't do it. Now, you might be happy and sad five minutes later, or vice versa, but you can't be happy and sad. But you can go through sad times and still have joy in your heart. See, joy is eternal. It's not based on anything that's happening in your life right now. It's based on what God has freely given you. That's what joy is. Living the abundant life is not always glamorous or flashy. It's usually pretty simple. It's also not always quickly, quickly uh, obtained. The abundant life sometimes is not quickly obtained. We've got to work on it. Don't get me wrong, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our salvation happens instantly, but by golly, that abundant life sometimes is hard to get. Sometimes we've got to get rid of a bunch of junk to take on the things that God wants us to do. And it's not always easy. The abundant life's not always easy to obtain. Again, sometimes we have to go through some trials. And sometimes we don't understand those trials, but guess what? God's still shaping me today into who he wants me to be. I'm not finished yet. He's not finished with me yet. But those are things that the abundant life is not. I want to share with you now what the abundant life is. When you're living the abundant life, these are the things you'll see in your life. The abundant life is that you clearly understand that failure is an event. It's not a person. That yesterday ended 
And today is brand new. If you're living the abundant life, you can recognize that. You can also see that you've made friends with your past. You're focused on the present. And you're optimistic about the future. I don't see many pessimists that are living the abundant life, I'll just tell you. When we look at the future, we've got to know that God's in control. When we're living the abundant life, even though things don't look so good, we know that he's in control, and we can still be optimistic. If you're living the abundant life, you also know that success doesn't make you and failure doesn't break you. You're filled with faith, hope, love, and you live without anger, greed, guilt, envy, or thoughts of revenge. When you live the abundant life, you're mature enough to delay gratification and shift your focus from your rights to your responsibilities. I want to say that again. We focus on our, right, our, on our responsibilities, not our rights. We're responsible for a whole lot. We want to, we, again, we live in a society that talks about our rights, our rights, our rights, but nobody wants to take responsibility. As Christians, we've got to take responsibility for our actions. As Christians, we've got to take responsibility for bringing other people to the Lord. When we're living the abundant life, we know that failure to stand for what is morally right is a prelude to being a victim of what's criminally wrong. We've got to stand up for what's right. When you're living the abundant life, you're secure in who you are, and you're at peace with God and with fellow man. When you live the abundant life, you've made friends of your adversaries and have gained the love and respect of those who know you best. When you're living the abundant life, you understand that others can give you pleasure, but genuine happiness and joy comes from serving other people. We know that we're... This is hard right here. I don't know if I want to read this. I wrote it down. I circled it so I wouldn't say it, so I guess I better. Listen to this. When you live the abundant life, you... Realize that you can be pleasant to the grouch, courteous to the rude, and generous to the needy. Courteous, courteous to the grouch. Sometimes we want to be grouchy back, don't we? I've never seen that work. I've never seen anybody get anybody ungrouchy by being grouchy to them. It's and another thing is too when somebody's really freaking out real bad. I've never seen anybody say, "Hey, yell at them really loud. Calm down." For them to calm down. That don't work. We're supposed to show love and kindness. Love and kindness. Even the people we don't agree with. Even the people who are grouchy. When we live an abundant life, we can look back at forgiveness and we can look forward to hope. We'll have gratitude. We'll live an abundant life. We'll know that He who is greatest will become a servant of all. John 3.30 says that I must become less, he must become greater. When you're living the abundant life, you realize it's not all about you. It's not all about me. I've said this saying before too. It's not about Stace. It's about grace. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about serving others. If Jesus came and served and died for us, we can serve others. When you live in the abundant life, you recognize and confess and develop your God-given physical, mental, and spiritual abilities to serve Him.
and to serve each other. When you're living the abundant life, when you're living the abundant life, you'll show love and mercy. You'll show love and mercy to people you don't even agree with. You see, this abundant life is available. It's available to all of us. There's no magic formula. You see, God graciously gives it to us. To all that seek it, He gives it to us. Are you ready to live the abundant life? Again, it's a journey. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's tough. If you're ready to live the abundant life, I pray that you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you start looking for what He has in store for you. For looking for how He can use you. If you want to live the abundant life, there should be an outward difference in the way you live, the way you treat people, the way you serve. Are you ready to live this abundant life? Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you bless us with. Lord, you bless us with way more than we could ever deserve. Lord, I thank you for sending your Son to live a perfect life, Lord, and to take my place. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And Lord, it's through that Holy Spirit that we can feel your presence, Lord, and, and do some things that seem impossible to people who are not living the abundant life. Lord, I pray for each person who's here this morning listening to this message. Anybody that may be listening online, Lord, I just pray that they submit to you fully. Lord, and they experience your love and grace. And they start living the abundant life, Lord, that can, it's only available through you. In Jesus' name, amen.